once you find somebody that you want your to be your mentor, you want to be your coach, just figure it out because it's only going to cost you time and money if you don't do it. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss, and excited to have with us today, Angel Williams, all the way up from Northern Texas. Good morning, and how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thank God. No uh, no complaints here. We're having a great day. Start to a great day and uh, looking forward to speaking to you today. Guys, if you don't know, if you're not watching this, obviously you don't see the, the, pur- the purple hair, but that's a feature that Angel has about her. But if you guys are listening, then maybe you're in for a treat because we're going to talk about some real estate today. Like we talk about most of the time, but some other stuff as well, which I'm excited to speak we have a similar background in that we were both teachers for many years. You're always obviously uh, continuing in that regard, even though you retired recently from your middle school teaching, but you're still uh, uh, teaching college uh, economics, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I adjunct for a couple of institutions. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Economics for colleges. I mean, that's that's like something everyone, that's like the best job ever, right? As a teacher, Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So got a little background. I have a little intro over here bio, but I'm not going to read it. Essentially, what I what I want our listeners to know is that you are a real estate investor, as obviously most of our guests are. You are the founder, co-founder with your husband, Jason, of Loren Capital and the RE Academy Presents REI Rocks. So if you guys are watching this and you see the, the background over there, that's what we're talking about. That's the REI Rocks. What is the REI, the Academy Presents RE Real Estate Investing Rocks space? I know it's uh, you do an, an online event, but tell us a little bit about that and how that got started. Um, so honestly, when I left teaching, I was like, okay, so what can I do? I can talk. I can teach, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. So the Academy Presents REI Rocks is our educational platform. And it's kind of just all things education, our meetup, our podcasts, the summits, webinars, workshops, everything runs through that that's educational. Awesome. So you got a lot going on. I mean, it keeps you busy, I'm sure. It it keeps me on on my game, yes. I mean, listen, there, there's so much value that can be added through that. I mean, obviously through the webinars, through the podcasts, so much educational content. What I've found is one of the biggest things that keeps people from investing in real estate or really doing anything is just they don't know how, right? They're they don't they're not really never done anything like this before. So to have that education is really, really important. Absolutely. So how did you guys get involved in in real estate? I know you started with single families, but now have scaled up to multifamily. It was there like somewhere you learned about it or was this something you were taught as a, at a young age? How did you get into this? Uh, well my husband Jason and I both grew up in families that invested in real estate. Oh cool. Okay. Got our first house in 03 uh, with the intention of it becoming our first rental house. And it became our first rental in like 06, 07. So you ended up living in it for a while? Uh-huh. Yeah. While oh, awesome. Jason was working on his doctorate at Tech, we stayed in it. And then it became our first rental. We still have it to this day. <laughs> and I don't imagine that we will get rid of it unless we absolutely have to because it's infinite returns. None of our original money is in it. We've got four other single families that are also at infinite returns, a quad couple of duplexes. 
Um, we're JV'd in some oil and gas, which is, by the way, doing amazing right now. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> As other people are complaining at the gas pump, we're like, hmm. <laughs> it's going up for you guys. Are, it's going up in value for you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean before we get into the, the multifamily, take us just a step back just for our listeners? What do you mean by infinite returns? What 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 do you mean by that? So when you're able to refi out and collect all of the money that you put into something, it becomes infinite returns. So we were able to refi out and get the 20% back. So all of your invested capital oh, yeah. is, is back. And then everything that's coming back is just it's just yeah. there's there's nothing profit. to compare it against because it's yeah, it's pure. Pure profit every month. And we've done that a couple of times in a couple of different houses. Um, we bought a little portfolio and actually walked away from the table with like 18000 <laughs> So, I mean, people give single family a hard time sometimes, but honestly, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to us because it got us going and it got us started and it gave us some education. Yeah. Well, beyond, and, and it's giving you infinite returns. I mean, profit that you would not otherwise have. But what I'm really curious about that, how long did it take you? to go from, obviously you put down 20%, like you mentioned, and then renting it out. I don't know. Did you do any fixing up of any of these properties whatsoever? Or was it something you just were able to refi shortly after? So the first house there in Lubbock, we lived in it for like three years. When we did the make ready, it was like 5,500. Um, and it was the best it ever looked. It was not wow. than it was when we ever lived in it. We had a really horrendous first renter experience and that cost money to get out and do another make ready. So probably maybe maybe four or five years. Okay. The first, it was the first time that we did the cash out refi because we got our second one in, oh goodness, I want to say it was 2009 or 10. So we had been here for a bit and we got the second one. And then we picked up the third one really quick after that. And we actually borrowed the money from Jason's parents. That's pretty cool. And then paid them back because we, we had intended to get it. And then things kind of happened and we didn't wind up getting it. It went, we had bid higher, but it went to an owner occupant. Mm. So even if you bid higher an owner occupant, especially on like a HUD or a VA is going to get it first. Yeah. Um. So we didn't get it. And then when it came up again, we were like, we don't have the money set aside now. And so that was why we had to borrow the money. And then the last two came into portfolio and that was where we, we were already even by then. So we were already infinite by that point. That's awesome. And, but at a certain point, you were like, okay, we need to we need to move into bigger properties, into multifamily. Now you're doing syndication. You recently, a few months ago, closed on a relatively large deal close by to home. So tell us a little bit about how you made that transition and why, if we, we like the single family so much. Um, so what happened was we had our son in 2010. And at 19 months, we got our di- a diagnosis that he had a really rare genetic condition. And one of the things that sucks about really rare diseases is nobody can give you any answers and your only power is to research. And so that was what I did for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I just researched and it was horrible, Um, horrible, horrible stuff. And even when we went to the geneticist, she was working with one other family that had the same diagnosis and she didn't want to introduce us because our child seemed better than that child as far as prognosis and what all our son was able to do. So we were alone. Uh, We had gotten a couple of phone calls from the Duke 15Q Alliance, which at that point in time was the only group in the world researching and supporting families and just giving some answers to people that had the diagnosis. And so we, let's say we met, oh goodness, Jason started looking at things we could do. 
So that would have been 2012-ish. We met Joe Fairless in 2017. Um, and at that point in time, he had like 59,000 of assets under management. <laughs> and we were like, wow, that's really cool stuff what he's doing. <laughs> and so Yeah, that and that was his early, that was his early stage, no? <laughs> that was very, very early on. And we liked him a whole lot, but at that point in time, it was like, oh goodness, it's a lot of money. And so we went with somebody else and it was horrible. And we floundered in that program for a year and a half. And by the time we went back to Joe, his was a little more costly. <laughs> so I complained to begin with. I complained even more the second time. But I say that just to put out there, like once you find somebody that you want your, to be your mentor, you want to be your coach, just figure it out because it's only going to cost you time and money if you don't do it. So do what you got to do. I mean, it's so clothes. <laughs> so whatever you got to do, um, we've all got plenty of clothes. So that's true. Garage, sell it, do whatever you have to do um, because <laughs> you're going to wind up just kicking yourself later on. So you're and saying you're still that gonna wind up in the same program. From, from what I'm gathering, I mean, I've heard from a lot of people also that it's really was totally dependent on the mentor, on the program of really getting involved. I mean, it sounds to me that you are a big proponent of that. I mean, from for me, it seems like because, you know, the two of you, both Jason and yourself are both, you know, highly educated people, people that went through, you know, postgraduate programs and yourself, a junk college professor, like that seems like the educational part of it would be so much more valuable than, than maybe someone else. I mean, could we have done it from books? Maybe, but getting a mentor and gaining those circles and gaining those colleagues, like, I don't even know how much it cuts the learning curve because it just, it just made it so much more fun mm -hmm. and so much easier. And I mean, sure, I can read a textbook. I, I teach from textbooks, right? <laughs> but it, it doesn't mean it's fun. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So at what point, you know, obviously you went back, you did that. Were you investing in other deals as like LPs or, or co-GPs at a certain point and then kind of made the transition, do your own deals? We did. Um, we started investing passively in 2018, 2019. And like everybody else, you run out of liquidity. Mine was kind of forced because the dollar was plummeting. And I was like, I don't want to hold any dollars. We are literally buying our groceries with credit cards right now because I refuse to hold dollars. <laughs> it, was, it was that situation where we wanted to continue investing and we knew we could do a good job at it. We know Wichita Falls. I mean, we've been here and investing here for 15 years. Right. We felt very comfortable with it. And so when a deal came across here, we were like, let's do it. It's a no-brainer, especially when you're local to it. That's what I've found. When you're local to a market, you know it, you're living there, you know what's going on in your neighborhood. You feel so much more comfortable uh, doing a deal there. Absolutely. Awesome. So what's the plan now? I mean, are you just going to start buying up Wichita Falls or, or are you guys branching out to <laughs> other areas? Um, I don't know. I, I really like being here. It's not huge growth. It, it's not, I mean, it's not going to be a three X or anything like that, but so long as you're pricing right and you're making sure you're doing right by your residents, you're going to cash flow. And so that's kind of a beauty of here. We like it. We've been here for a long time. I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon. So mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. I mean, it's great. And you're investing in your own community, which I think is all like has an added benefit in that now you are recognized that you may have some pull. I mean, if you go, if there's like a, a city council or, you know, the, the mayor of Wichita, you know, there are things that you can do. In fact, uh, we had just an idea there. I don't know if you were there, but we, you know, Angel, you're uh, just for our listeners who don't know this, you're a very, very regular attendee at our weekly uh, Wednesday real estate 
virtual meetup. Really grateful for that. And you'll be speaking oh, no speaking next month also. So I'm excited to hear you guys. But one of the speakers that came a while back, I don't know if you were there, and Eric Upchurch, it's yes. probably a little over a year ago. And he was talking about how anytime he does a deal or anytime he goes out to the the local schools, the mm-hmm. local, you know, city municipality and goes and just introduces himself, say, hey, I'm a new business owner here. And this is what we're doing, helping this community. What can we do to partner together to make this place better? And they're like, oh, well, actually, we need a new park. You know, like, oh, well, we'll help to to pay that. Maybe you guys can help us on uh, on X, Y, and Z and maybe get some more land or whatever. And that may actually help. I, I think, obviously, this is an idea for everyone out there when you're doing a deal like that, but it sounds like there may be some more deals coming your way in Wichita Falls. No, absolutely. And one of the things that I was hoping that we'd be able to figure out is to do some kind of a after-school program. It's the teacher and me. <laughs> um, but I would love to see some sort of an after-school program, um, homework yeah. assistance, something. Because absolutely. It, there's a lot of families that live in the property we just bought for sure. And some of the ones we've been looking at. And just as an added bonus of being a resident there, and just allowing us to take care of not only our investors, but to take care of them as well. Yeah, hundred percent. What are you finding when you're dealing with investors? Because that's something that obviously was new before. You guys were just buying properties on your own, whatever capital, whatever liquidity you had, and now you're you know having to deal with other people's money. So it it took a little bit to get some traction. I think I was a little overwhelmed. The deal was not going. The, I said the deal. The deal was going fine. Um, we were having a hard time with like getting a loan product. <laughs> and so I think that when I was calling investors, they could hear in my voice that I wasn't I wasn't at 100% angel, uh, <laughs> which not everybody can handle, but you know. Um, and so I think that that's took me, what took me a little bit to get some traction and get some inertia going. But once we got moving, it was it was kind of odd. Like I would say 70%, if not more of the investors didn't really even care about the deal. They were investing because it was Jason and I. Gotcha. That's really promising because obviously what that means is that more deals you bring to them, they, and you're doing good on them and do good on the deals. They'll keep coming back. And I, I think that's really the case across the board from what I've heard. You know, obviously you're going to have a certain percentage of people that are just looking at deals, right? Just looking. But someone like that is also going to be looking probably at dozens of deals and just find something that they're comfortable with and probably get them the best returns. And But it's really about people. And I, I believe that to be so. So great, great lesson. I'd love to change directions a little because not often that we get someone who is, you know, a business partner with their spouse, like how does that, and I'm curious because it's not something that I do personally, but it's something that maybe others out there might be exploring. You guys have been doing it together for years. How's that working out? Maybe give some pointers on on how to how to handle that. So sometimes it's super stressful. And out of the two of us, I am I'm the big personality. Jason is not. <laughs> um, and so when things have been rougher and I'm the one that's needing to be pushed, he doesn't like to push me. Um, because I, I buck against it. I don't like being pushed. I don't like being told no. Uh, <laughs> so it can get a little ugly, but there have been plenty of times where I recognize that I needed the push and he will even apologize to me later and be like, I'm sorry. You know, I don't like pushing you like that. But he pushes me as a partner, but then comes back to apologize as my husband. That's nice. That's good. <laughs> it's good to have that balance. Obviously, you guys know each other very well and have that uh, ability to be open, be honest, give constructive criticism where necessary. But at the same time, you guys are in this together. So it's not like 
like you've known, you're added, pulling off each other's strengths in order to to build something even better. And I mean, like with his underwriting, I call it pimping him out because like I go to the I go to the different meetups and when there's a shameless plug, I'm like, and if you need underwriting services. <laughs> and so I'm sure I push him a lot with that because there's times when he comes straight in from work because he still has W2 mm-hmm. and he gets he sits down and he just starts opening spreadsheets and starts working on that. And I know I'm tired a lot. And yes, I, I mean, I still work some with the colleges and whatnot, but it's exhausting. And he's doing more than me, especially on the days when I've managed to throw five other underwriting projects at him. <laughs> it, but he doesn't complain. He doesn't get upset. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's good. I, I guess so. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that keeps you, keep you guys on your toes. That's for sure. <laughs> Wow. Now, let me ask you about, you know, the nonprofit you guys are supporting. It's something that obviously you guys are passionate about. It's something that hits close to home with your son, as you mentioned earlier on. And this is something that every deal that you guys are are doing, a portion of that is going towards this nonprofit. Yeah. So until we can get our own going fully, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be putting a portion towards the Duke 15Q Alliance. I believe there's now two other organizations in the world that are studying it because now they're saying we have 1400 cases in the world. <laughs> when Anton was first diagnosed, there were 742. Wow. Yeah. So until we get our own going, we'll be working on getting portions sent to them. And we do have investors that are investing with us because they like that part. They like the part that we're working to help others. 100%. It's, it's really important to have, make sure that you're, Focusing not just on helping the community, not just helping you know, your investors and get, but giving back in whatever way that you can. I mean, obviously, something that hits so close to home and it's something you're passionate about. Those who want to do deals with you are going to feel that passion as well. I mean, it's just, it just goes to, that's part of who they're, like I said, they're investing with you as a person. And that speaks more than anything else. And as a teacher, right? As a professor, a professor angel, is that what your students call you? I hope so. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty much just online oh, okay. now, so they call me all sorts of stuff, not in a bad way. <laughs> well, do you have that that magic halo when you're on the Zoom also with the, with them, or is that just when you come to meetups? Um, just when I go to meetups. I think that might might lose some of the professionalism there. <laughs> right. So like a top hat or something instead. It's important professional. Um, but... What do you like about economics in terms of the college level? I mean, personally, I didn't learn anything about economics, but I think there's so much like we learn in the online communities and all this stuff. I'm sure a lot that you learned from Joe and his mentorship program, specifically about real estate investing, that you know, very few college economics class would even deal with necessarily. Are you adding some of that in as supplemental? Or are you do you have to like stick to the text? Well, I'm sure that how I instruct is colored some by my current experiences or even past experiences. I do stick to pretty much the same thing. I've been teaching college for since 04. So um, I started out, it was a non-traditional campus. And my first term teaching, I was the youngest person in the classroom because <laughs> I was 26 when I started. So fairly young. So we've been teaching pretty much the same textbook, just different editions since then. And so my, my setup is pretty much the same. When I have students reach out to me for additional explanations or clarification, if they can identify where they're fuzzy, that's awesome. Most students can't. But when they can, I try to back up and go to where they've caught on 
and I will try and bring it into some type of a real world scenario. If that is the first time you rented an apartment, did you get any of the benefits? Did you see any opportunity? You know, was there an opportunity cost? What were you giving up? You were giving up time hanging out with friends. You were giving up going back to your place and sleeping. I mean, I would, I try and in, integrate some of that. We talk about like when we're talking about amenities, like, you know, how, how much more awesome was it to pay a little bit extra and have a washer and dryer in your apartment? Because the time that you gave up walking to the laundry facilities is an opportunity cost because you're giving up that time to go and do laundry. And then you have to sit there because you can't leave. And so there's, there's things we talk about that I can relate back to those kinds of things that I think I might not have had such an easy time recalling if we weren't in, you know, in the midst of it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I would think that you would just be able to give students more about real estate, you know, more than they, more than they bargain for, because it's like, I go back to these, uh, these kind of posts. I, I posted once, I mean, like so many things that we never learned in high school or in college. Like I went to, I didn't learn anything about yeah. finances or anything like that, um, or very, very little. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, if I had someone who was, you know, had gone through that, had invested in real estate and could kind of give me those pointers along the way and kind of, you know, I don't know, give out a rich dad, poor dad to your students or something like that. Like just give them <laughs> as supplemental reading, extra credit, you know, something like that. I do give them free access to the summit. There you go. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like before, like I get, everybody gets a little bit of that, but I make sure that they all get, they go ahead and get VIP access. So That's awesome. No. And have, <laughs> have students come back and, and shared feedback from those events? I have had a few tell me that they really enjoyed it and they thank me for that's it. That's cool. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, oh, going above and beyond. I mean, they really. No, the, the coolest one has been one of my eighth graders got done with high school about a year and a half early and showed up at one of my meetups a few months ago. That one was cool. <laughs> wow. That's very cool. You see, you make a difference, you know, it, it's really hard to, hard to see it sometimes in the, in real time. But, you know, when you look back and you know that you've made a difference in someone's life, that's, that's incredible. Well, very cool. Angel, I want to transition now what we call the final four. These are four questions I asked to all my guests. And first question for you is what? is the worst job that you ever had? It's probably the reason I quit teaching. Um, And the job itself wasn't bad. The administration was horrendous. And I miss my babies, my kids, my students. I miss them every day. And that was probably the worst job I ever had. Yeah, because it was just dealing with uh, the people. Yeah, that's hard. It was differing, differing opinions on how to get your students to do what they need to do. And I was winning in my own eyes and in the relationships with my students and the powers that be didn't see it that way. Yeah. That's no good. Well, hopefully you learned something from that. Oh, I was <laughs> a learning <laughs> experience there. Okay. Second question. What's a, what's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Uh, positive intelligence. Positive intelligence. Not, not one that I'm familiar with. Tell me a little bit about the two in mind. So positive intelligence, there's, I think it's six different kinds of like overarching trends in your personality. and I've always known that I'm one of those people that wants to do everything. You know, I was the troop coordinator for my daughter's scout troop. Mm. I was the treasurer for the PTO. I was the treasurer for another organization. I was the, I don't even know what I was. I was on like three or four different nonprofits. Um, and I was doing all of these things. I was teaching and professional scoring, doing real estate, just doing tons and tons of things. And turns out my number one <laughs> like personality trait is hyperachiever. And that isn't, it doesn't mean I'm a top eight. What it means is that I get my validation 
externally. Mm. I get my validation from what I do, particularly what I do for others. Interesting. And how others see that. And so that kind of just changed things for me because it made it easier for me to walk away because I felt like I was really important like in getting things done. And the fact of the matter was, is that that was just how I saw it. Mm. Um, yes, it was important. My job was important, but that shouldn't have been how I valued myself. For sure. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So that's that's a huge paradigm shift. And I'm uh, glad you brought that up. We'll definitely have to look into that book. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it's given you, you know, gives you a perspective of, you know, how you can uh, see yourself and understand what your driving forces are. So that's really, really interesting. Okay. Third question for you. What is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? It could be anything. So there's a kind of a difference Jason and I have. We don't believe in working on our weaknesses because it takes time away from working on your superpower and making your superpower even more and more amazing and super. So I don't know that there's anything that I really want to to work on or pick up because that's going to take away from my ability to continue to develop my superpower. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, what's your superpower? And let's uh, see if we can hone that down. I like to talk. <laughs> Actually, I have a I have a really good memory and being able to talk. It turns out that I don't just talk to people. I remember what they say. And so I'm able to build relationships really quickly. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I'm not going to suggest any any skills or talents to help complement that, but uh, maybe you'll pick something up. Who knows? Along the way. Uh, or just hone that even down further. And let's end with the fourth and final question, which is what does success mean to you? The success is one of those ones that's always changing. It's like you're you're aiming for a moving target. And so success is not necessarily a destination, but it's forward progress towards that moving target. That makes perfect sense. And so for you, that's being successful right now because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. And it, it makes it a little harder because you don't actually have milestones often to celebrate, mm-hmm. which can kind of dampen things. But at the same time, it's nice. I can tell when I'm not going forward. Right. Yeah. It allows you to just yeah, it allows you to keep focused that you know if you're if you're moving forward or not. And so that's really the the biggest gauge for you. So that's awesome. Wow, this is this has flown by, but this has been fun. I appreciate you taking the time out today. Angel, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? So probably there's two easy places. You can go to our website, which is www.theacademypresents.com. And there is information on me and my husband. So if you want someone to check out your underwriting, <laughs> you can look at Second Set of Eyes or you can look us up on LinkedIn. I'm there as well as my husband. Very cool. Very cool. It's been a pleasure, Angel. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out today and glad we can finally make it happen and looking forward to you joining Yay. us on the Wednesday night meetup. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you again for joining us. I hope you got something out of this. I certainly did. And until next time, don't forget the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, 
and love to hear from you.